Hi, I'm Shivaglani, welcoming you to Raise Line with Osmosis from Elsevier, an ongoing exploration about how to improve health and healthcare. Today, we're going to learn about one of the nation's newest medical schools in one of its fastest growing states. I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Robert Hasty, the Dean and Chief Academic Officer of the Orlando College of Osteopathic Medicine, which has just been granted permission to start accepting applicants for its inaugural class. Dr. Hasty has deep experience building medical educational programs, including serving as the founding dean of the Idaho College of Osteopathic Medicine. In addition to his academic leadership, he has served on various boards, including the American College of Osteopathic Internists and the Association of Osteopathic Directors and Medical Educators. I'm eager to learn what OCOM plans to offer students and what impact it is hoping to have on the residents of Central Florida, myself and my parents having been one of them out in Cape Canaveral. And before we get started, I'd like to thank my colleague Niall Johnston and Elsevier for making the introduction. So, Dr. Hasty, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Shev. It's a pleasure and honor to be on here. Thank you. Yeah, and so as we like to ask all of our guests, just in their own words, to give us a sense of their background and their career highlights. For you, I'm very interested in what got you interested in a career in medicine in the first place. Yeah, so 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 thank you, Shiv. Uh, really appreciate that question. And I was one of those folks that you know wanted to serve and to help you know others. And you know, just like most people, I think they go into medicine. And so when I you know had the opportunity to you know become a, a pre med back in the day, I, I I did it. And of course, you know, went to medical school. I went to Nova Southeastern University, what's now called Karen Patel College of Osteopathic Medicine. And then I went to Mount Sinai Medical Center for my residency in Miami Beach. So they say that there's actually Mount Sinai in New York, but at Mount Sinai in Miami, we actually call that the real Mount Sinai, but really had the pleasure of being there. And you know, it was a great training experience. And then I, I also, you know, was a hospitalist for the first couple of years of my practice over on the West Coast of Florida at Lee Memorial Health Systems, now called Lee Health. And I was in about two years and, you know, I had the idea of actually going to medical education. So I, I literally took a $100,000 pay cut and I've been in medical education for the last 18 and a half years or so. So... Oh, wow. That's amazing. What kind of got you interested in education? I know part of the job of being a physician is to educate your patients. And, you know, there's a Latin roots, a doctorate is to teach. But what is your personal story of why why you decided to dedicate the last almost two decades to education? Yeah, you know, so, so I think I really fell in love with teaching as a resident, you know, teaching, you know, teaching the medical students that would rotate through. And then I became chief resident and, you know, being involved with the training of, you know, my other, you know, co-residents. And, and I really kind of fell in love with that. And then when I went into private practice as a hospitalist, I would take medical students on rotations. And there was really just one day, you know, people talk about having epiphanies in their life about doing certain things. I literally, you know, came home from work that day. And I, I love being a hospitalist. You know, to me, it's the coolest thing in the world. But there was one thing that was cooler, and that was to teach the next generation of physicians. And, you know, so I, it was almost like a calling. You know, you hear people say that they have religious callings to do certain things. For me, it was uh, the calling to go into medical education. And, you know, the, the impact that you can make, it's almost a multiplier. You know, the, the, the fact that I can, you know, train the future generation of physicians, you know, it's going to have, you know, such a profound effect. And, you know, to this day, that's what gives me purpose in life. You know, I wake up each day, and, you know, knowing that, you know, if I can, you know, make a difference in the training of future physicians, I'm going to have such an incredible impact and, and literally change healthcare for generations to come through, you know, affecting and improving the quality of training of future physicians. So, so that's why I do what I do and I love it. You know. That's awesome. That's obviously 
comes out very loud and clear from the passion you have for this. And certainly something we at Osmosis can relate to is, you know, the, the multiplier effect you can have by teaching an extra, you know, physician or med student, helping them get in, you know, the thousands of patients they'll see over the course of their lifetime and help. So before we go into what you're doing up in Orlando, I wanted to talk a little bit about Idaho too, because it's a program we've come to know. We know Dr. Thomas Moore. We know Dr. Mark Sklivskov. Great program. Would love to hear about what got you to Idaho. It's very different from Miami Beach and other places you've trained. So yeah, tell us about some of the highlights of ICOM. Yeah. So, you know, Idaho, the Idaho College of Osteopathic Medicine, which was, you know, Idaho's first and currently only medical school. It was an incredible adventure, and I was, uh, at the time I left Florida, I was up in North Carolina, I was part of the founding team at Campbell University School of Osteopathic Medicine, and then I got recruited out to be the founding dean of, well, what it was initially was going to be in Montana, and we, we decided to make it in Idaho, the Idaho College of Osteopathic Medicine, and, and truly, if you look at physician shortage in rural areas, ICOM, you know, or Idaho is sort of the epicenter for, you know, huge rural needs. It's, you know, currently, I think, you know, they rank about 50th in terms of physicians per capita. At the time, I think it was 49th or 48th, something like that, in terms of physicians per capita. And, you know, they had such incredible needs, you know, across every specialty. And there were some logistical challenges. So at the time, they were one of only five states without a medical school of its own. They had been served by the University of Washington, and, you know, that the, were trained great graduates, but, you know, they had this huge shortage so you know it was really god's work to be able to create that school and 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 again you know from the ground up you know just being part of a team that had started a new medical school you know to be able to do another medical school in a place with huge rural needs and underserved needs from the ground up it was a great experience i'm so proud of icon that you know the the results that they've had you know the everything from you know the quality of the the, the students to the quality of the you know the graduates and their board outcomes and you know the difference it's going to make to so many people there you know i'm just so so incredibly proud of that so so thank you for asking yeah, no, absolutely. So, so again, you've, you, you know, you're in Idaho, you've already helped start Campbell, now you've started ICOM, and now Orlando comes up. Can you walk us through kind of the impetus for starting a new medical school in, in Orlando and, and some of the lessons you've learned having started med schools before that you're going to be applying to Orlando, but also what, what some of the differences may be, because obviously Orlando is a very different place than, than Idaho or even where Campbell is in North Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, every medical school is unique. The needs of the, the region and the communities are so incredibly unique. And again, this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. I've, I've been blessed, you know, I've said that a couple of times, I've been blessed with a number of once in a lifetime opportunities. And, you know, I just happened to, I guess, have the skill set and being in the right place at the right time, you know, a number of times now. And this, you know, OCOM, the Orlando College of Osteopathic Medicine was no different. In fact, it, it, it is to me, I think it's the penultimate opportunity in my career. It's serving Orlando, but it's really serving Central Florida and the entire region with a mission to potentially even have a global impact in what we do here. We want to train very caring and very competent osteopathic physicians who are going to you know, really you know, care for the next generation. And so the, the whole idea about starting it here in Orlando is that, first of all, Florida is the fastest growing state in the nation. First time in 70 years it's been the case. And and also we have a, a very growing population here in Florida. So, you know, so you have a lot of different, you know, confounding variables. And when we started doing our analysis, the consultants were saying that we actually needed four medical schools in the state of Florida. Uh, it looks like we're actually probably going to get them, but, but with OCOM, 
you know, we looked at the Central Florida area. Central Florida right now for the Orlando Metropolitan Statistical Area, you know, has a, a population, well, at least back in 2020, about 2.7 million people. It's growing to 5.2 million people in 2030. And, and so we actually knew it had to be in Central Florida. And then we actually found some property, uh, 25 acres in Horizon West, which is actually right next to Disney. In fact, you know, we're only about three miles from Disney World. In fact, we can see the fireworks every night from campus. But but really, this is one of the fastest growing areas in Central Florida, you know, literally the opposite of growth. And so we decided to put it here to, you know, serve the, the Central Florida region and beyond. And, and of course, you know, you, you asked about things I've done differently. You know, I'm one of the few people in the world that have ever started medical school, and I'm certainly one of the few people in the world that's ever started more than one. And, and you know, you learn a lot through the process. And I can tell you, you know, it's not easier. It actually gets harder because you know more. And, you know, and I think that, you know, one of the things I've learned the most is that everything's incredibly connected. So the facility, the curriculum, the people, and more importantly, the culture of the people, you know, the, the clinical rotation partners, everything, you know, the graduate medical education component, all that stuff is connected and it has to work together. And so I think that that's one of the things that we've done. Of course, you know, we, we've learned so much stuff about, you know, modern medical education curriculum and we've developed an incredibly one. And, you know, our goal was, was really to create the best medical school in the world. You know, we have the, the, the funding from uh, Dr. Kiran Patel, who's our founder, who's an incredible entrepreneur physician, and that has given us the funding to do this over $200 million project. And what we're going to do here is just going to be just incredibly, incredibly special. So I'm I'm, I'm so excited, you know, and, and thanks for, you know, great questions, Jeff. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's a really exciting opportunity. And before we started the podcast, I know we were joking about the fact that I think part of your pitch to to students, not that you need a pitch because there's so much demand to go to med school, is that you're the most med- magical med school in on the planet, given that you're only three miles from Disney. Uh, I'm sure that's going to come into play. I don't know if you're going to ever work with Disney in some capacity, but I could imagine the pediatric, uh, like Florida Hospital, I know it has a lot of Disney type collaborations i don't know if they're going to be one of your partners for example absolutely we do have a great relationship with you know what used to be florida hospitals now advent health and they're incredible people there and, and you know it's funny about you know what you said about disney being here in this community it just becomes part of your 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 dna almost and you know you, you made the correlation with disney i i, I will tell you one one of my favorite quotes about you know disney you know from walt disney was that it, it, it was never going to be completed. And he was talking about Disneyland. It's never going to be completed. It's always going to continuously improve and, and grow as the world grows. Uh, I paraphrase that a little bit, but I love that quote. I've actually, you know, shared that with the team in the past. And and we feel the same thing about OCOM. You know, this is the, the DNA for a medical school that's going to continue to improve and evolve and change over time. And we really, you know, as the founding team, I mean, we're really blessed to, blessed to be part of it. And, you know, I think what we're doing here is very special. So, you know, not to say that, you know, the, that, you know, take anything away from, you know, you know, Disney, but, you know, we want to use that as a, another inspiration for our, our continued growth and development. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so, so I mentioned in the introduction that you've been granted permission to start accepting applications for the inaugural class. Can you walk us through a bit about, you know, some, some of our listeners are pre-meds, so they may be interested in actually applying. Kind of walk us through the the timeline for becoming fully functional at OCOM. How many students are you planning on admitting? How many faculty are you hiring? Because also a lot of our audience are, are faculty and educators probably looking for new opportunities. And again, being able to move to Central Florida as the fastest growing region or fastest growing state is probably a big, big selling point for them. 
Well, first of all, thanks for that. So right now we've been granted what's called pre-accreditation status, which is basically the step before you get full accreditation, which will, you know, at least in all the, the schools in the last 100 years, you know, progress on to full accreditation before they graduate their first class. So, you know, and we, we anticipate to follow a similar route than that. And so we are going to take our first class of 97 students the fall of 2024. So they'll actually, they're starting orientation at the end of July next year. We opened up applications a couple of weeks ago. We've had a, you know, robust, you know, interest from, you know, applicants so far. You know, I mean, I think, you know, the location helps us a little bit and hopefully, you know, they've learned about our, you know, incredibly modern curriculum, our caring culture and, and, and all the other things that we're, we're doing. So hopefully that, you know, has attracted people. Uh, right now we have 40 full-time faculty and staff. We're going to be growing to about 71 next summer. And then eventually we get to about 111 full-time faculty and staff in the facility. But in addition to that, right now we have 950 credentialed clinical preceptors. In fact, we actually listed out on our website and anybody can go up to ocom.org or website, you know, and check out all the different specialties. And, and we certainly will be having a lot of opportunities for those folks as well. So yeah, opportunities for students and you know, potentially opportunities for folks if they do want to become uh, full-time faculty members and, and, and certainly opportunities for folks if they want to be clinical preceptors when our students go off to third and fourth year rotations. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, you know, location aside, you know, and, and of course the incredible building that we're building, which is, you know, kind of a work of art by itself. But I think, you know, the more important, you know, the experience that the, the faculty, the staff, the students, I think are going to get is going to be excellent. And we've really designed this from the ground up to be an excellent experience for everyone. And so we're, you know, I'm most excited, excited about the experience that folks will, will have. Yeah, no, clearly it sounds like you guys are keeping that top of mind. And, you know, we, we had a, one of our previous raised on guests was Brigham Willis, who helped start the U new University of Texas school in Tyler in rural Texas. And one of their mandates was to hopefully recruit from the community, keep them in the community and then partner with the community, as well as focus on social determinants of health. Like in their case, they had like a kitchen that they were using to teach medical professionals and students about the importance of nutrition and healthcare. Uh, I'm just curious too, are there like things that you're specifically very interested in doing at OCOM, you know, whether it's recruiting from Orlando or Central Florida to keep people in place, or it's, you know, particular curricular innovations that you're most excited about? Yeah. Well, first of all, all of the above. So, you know, our mission statement does include Central Florida, but we actually go out to potentially have a global impact, you know, within our mission. So, so I think that, you know, we, we do definitely want to serve the community and, and give opportunities for, you know, folks in Central Florida, but, but we're also going to give you know, folks opportunities from, from all over. So, so I think that that's important. And it's also part of the culture of Florida, you know, historically, you know, people come from all over with this, you know, vision of, you know, having the American dream here in the, in the sunshine state. And to me, I think that's one of the things that has made, you know, Florida such an incredible state, you know, the, the, the differences and the diversity that we have, you know, make us stronger as, as a state and, you know, as a region. So, so we're, we're excited about that. And, and, and yes, we, we are incredibly excited about the curriculum we were able to start from the ground up with a brand new fresh curriculum that's has a lot of elements that have been proven other places so i, I would say that if anything we're probably the most evidence-based type of a curriculum not you know obviously evidence-based medicine but you know we've tried to take those elements that have been proven other places to work and certainly using the evidence-based learning you know strategies when we develop the curriculum but really to try to take away you know a lot of the barriers so 
you know, and, and some of the things are we are going to have a lot of active learning, you know, less passive learning. So, you know, I, I think that we're going to have very, very little mandatory in-person sessions. You know, I, some people say it's a lectureless curriculum, although I think that's a little bit of a misnomer because, you know, even though we're, you know, I guess some people would say that we'd have a lectureless curriculum, you know, people are still going to watch videos at home and stuff that are essentially pre-recorded lectures. But, you know, a lot of case-based learning, a lot of simulation is very important for us. Laboratories, you know, virtual anatomy experiences, you know, research integrated with the curriculum, all these things are are part of it. And of course, osteopathic manipulative medicine is also integrated in the curriculum as well. So I think all of those, but yeah, I, you know, I, I look at the curriculum all the time, like, and I... I wish I could go back and do medical school at OCOM. You know, I'm so excited about it. And of course, we have some incredible team, you know, that are just going to be great for the, you know, the student experiences, I think. Yeah, you're speaking our language through and through with active learning and everything from, you know, flipped classroom, pre-recorded lectures, videos to, you know, simulation. And again, the person who introduced us, Niall, you know, started Complete Anatomy, which is, you know, virtual anatomy. And so, as you may know, I've gone back to medical school, but now with the benefit of being able to use these tools, including osmosis and I, I sense it in your voice too, like this desire to like actually go back and, you know, go through school yourself because you're designing the exact kind of product or, you know, training program that, that you wish you had. Similarly, you know, that that's essentially my story as well. Love it. Yeah. And, and what, what a difference osmosis has made, right? You know, that's been an incredible product that's, you know, really, you know, helped make such a, such a difference for so many learners and complete anatomy. It's, you know, it's interesting, you know, when we look at, you know, everybody's gone, you know, or at least a lot of people have moved towards virtual anatomy, if not have gone all in, you know, we're going to be all in with virtual anatomy, just like Europe is, you know, predominantly all in with virtual anatomy. But it's so funny, I go across labs across the country, and I've seen a lot of different virtual anatomy, you know, curricular or hybrid curricula and things like that. And, and I, I see like maybe some VR sets, and, you know, somewhere or, or something like that. And, and I ask what, what they're actually using in their classroom. Almost all of them are using complete anatomy on their iPads. So, so certainly we'll be using complete anatomy for our, our curriculum as well. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I know Niall and the team have done a great job partnering too with, with Apple. So we have like a lot of stuff with the Vision Quest is coming out. And so that's going to be very exciting to see where that goes, which actually leads me to my next question, which is, you know, your first students began in 2024, meaning that, you know, presumably they'll be in residency by 2028, 2029 and fully practicing in the 2030s. And so, you know, as the Wayne Gretzky often said, as you know, skate where the puck is puck is, you go to where the puck is going, you know, in your opinion, where's the puck going as far as healthcare? Like what type of physicians, or as we said, elsewhere, clinicians of the future, are you trying to train, you know, and how do things like artificial intelligence play into that? Yeah. So excellent question. You know, and, and it's, it's interesting, you know, where we've, you know, come from, you know, cause sometimes that tells us, you know, where we're going, but, you know, you know, years ago, medical education was all about bedside manner. And, and and that and then we, we went into this huge phase where we had this explosion in the science you know behind medicine and now a lot of the new innovations are really based upon you know the delivery of medicine and how medicine's being you know delivered you know and you know questions answered and those type of things including you know as you mentioned artificial intelligence and including you know telehealth and those type of things but it's interesting you know right now I think one of the most important aspects, is some of the basics, you know, communication, interpersonal skills, you know, systems-based practice, making sure that people know how to practice within their system and also within, you know, the, you know, learning within the practice and those type of things. So I, I think that, you know, by training folks that are 
that are well suited with all those skills, you know, we're gonna we're gonna create physicians who are gonna be prepared to take on anything that comes along, and to harness the, those tools like the artificial intelligence. You know, how can they improve better care for their patients? You know, using some of these technologies like artificial intelligence. You, you mentioned, you know, the Apple Vision Pro. I just you know talked to one of our you know good friends who runs a telehealth com- company. He has you know, 24 seven, he has, you know, doctors across, you know, that are taking care of patients across the world from a telehealth standpoint. And, and, you know, we're talking about incorporating, you know, those, some of those technologies and, and information in the curriculum, you know, it's just, you know, things that you couldn't even fathom, you know, 20, 30 years ago, that, that is a reality now. So, but, but again, I, it goes back to the, that, that core thing, you know, we're going to have caring physicians that we're going to train who are going to embrace the, the world and what what's available to them, and that they're going to be really focused on delivering excellent care to the patients. You know, there's an old quote, right? Patients don't really care how much you know until you know how much they care. And you know, and I think that that's really you know at least my my north star in terms of medical education. Wow, that's incredible. That's I've never heard that quote, but I like it a lot and we'll definitely be sharing that more often. Our vision of osmosis is everyone who cares for someone will learn by osmosis. So it's close to our heart where like phase one of osmosis was the mechanics of care. You know, what is diabetes? What drugs do you use for diabetes? What are the side effects? That's obviously, you know, I think a lot of that stuff, AI will help augment and or replace the, the pure rote knowledge because that's changing so often and new evidence-based guidelines are coming out pretty pretty quickly. But the the so-called soft skills of, of care, like how do you empathize with somebody? How do you communicate with them? Difficult news. That stuff, I think, is going to become even more important as, as AI you know, takes over some maybe the more rote or mechanical aspects of, of healthcare delivery. Yeah, well, well said. You know, at the end of the day, we're we're, we're humans, and we're we're caring for humans. And you know that the you know we can't underestimate the the agency that we all each have as humans, and, and what a difference it makes for so many people. So, so well said. Totally. And so, I want to be respectful of your time. So, I only had two other questions for you. The the first is. What advice are you, you know, picture it's, you know, summer 2024, you're giving the convocation for the new class of 97 students. What advice will you give to them about approaching their medical education time as well as their careers in general? So I've thought about this day, you know, many times, you know, with this inaugural class of OCOM that are are coming in and, you know, I, you know, I'm going to have a lot of wishes for them, you know, wishes that, that their career in medicine has been as rewarding as mine has been and also to make sure that they're you know doing this for the right reason you know that they're doing this to you know help out other people you know one of the purposes of life is to improve the lives of others and i think if they can find their purpose in medicine you know and they they can identify with that everything else will happen they'll have the energy and the passion to, to, to study and, you know, learn all these things that, that, that we need to know and build those heuristic or, you know, those cognitive shortcut memories, you know, that we need to build up. But more important, you know, if that's their mission, you know, to take excellent care of patients, they're going to be incredible physicians. And so, so that's, that's, you know, I guess overall my message, but I'm, I'm still, I'm looking forward to that day. It'll be a good day, chef. I imagine. And thanks. Thanks for that. And I think when it, when it happens, hopefully it's recorded and then released on your guys' YouTube channel and so that we can amplify. Okay. Last question. Anything else you want us to be able to share with our audience, whether it's about you, your career, medical education, OCOM, anything, open mic. 
Well, well th thanks again. And, and first of all, thanks so much for the opportunity to be on here, Shev, and, you know, tell, tell the OCOM story and, and also spend some time with you. You know, you're a, a bit of a celebrity in, you know, medical education circles and, you know, especially with, you know, the work that you've done. But, but, but yeah, I, you know, I just want to say, you know, thanks for the opportunity to get the word out about, about what we're doing here. I think that, I think that OCOM is going to be, you know, medical school like no other. You know, we, this is a, a organization, this is a, a culture this is a place that we care very very deeply about and and we love we love what we're doing and what we're going to do and the differences that we're going to make is it's going to change healthcare for generations to come so thank you so much for the for the welcome and being part of the community and you know being able to you know to engage with you and your audience and and I wish you the best as well so thank you Thank you, Dr. Hasty. And, and with that, I mean, I, I really like to thank you for taking the time to be with us on this podcast, but also it's personal for me because, as I said, my parents are Central Floridians and they they may be taken care of by some of the students you're training. You'll, you'll be training and graduating many of them. So appreciate the work that you and your team are doing. And it's been a, an honor of mine to be able to speak with you as someone who's doing a hat trick and starting his third third med, med school at this point. And, and by the way, Chef, next time you're in town, I have an open invitation for you and your parents to come over. I, I really want to show you what we're doing here. So, so thank you for that. Yeah. would love that. Maybe I'll even do an away elective or something rotation <laughs> if possible. So with that, Dr. Hasey, thanks again for taking the time. And, and to our audience, thank you for checking out today's show. Remember to do your part to raise the line and strengthen our healthcare system. We're all in this together. Take care. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our episodes at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.